place of sustained narrative. Fearing some details might have got out of sequence when I started writing the present book, I surrounded these passages with a cloud of provisos and hedged bets. Then the thought that these pages were not a guidebook persuaded me that it didn't matter very much, so I let the story tell itself free of debilitating caveats. Books about this part of Europe incline to be chiefly sometimes exclusively devoted to politics, and this abundance lessens my guilt about how small a part they play in this one, where they only appear when they impinge directly on the journey. I had to give some account of how I thought history had affected life in Transylvania, its aftermath was all about me, but my inconclusive ponderings are offered with well-founded diffidence. Nothing could be less professional or inside Europe, and my political torpor at this early stage of life is touched on at some length in A Time of Gifts, pages 137 to 144. News of grim events kept breaking in from the outside world, but something in the mood of these valleys and mountain ranges weakened their impact. They were omens, and sinister ones, but there were three more years to go before these omens pointed unmistakably to the convulsions five years later. Place names are a minor problem, but a vexing one. For well-known ones, I have stuck to the forms longest established by history, and for the lesser, those in force at the time of the journey. Political fashion has altered many, more changed later. Romanian spelling has been reformed, and earlier shifts of sovereignty have affected the precedence of the three place names that often adorn the smallest hamlet. I have tried to cite the official name first, followed by the others if they are needed. I know there is confusion here and there, but as this is not a guide, nobody will be in danger of losing his way. I must apologize for these shortcomings, and hope it will be clear that they have nothing to do with partisanship. A few people's names have been changed when it seemed expedient, but very sparingly, and usually of friends who are still actively on the scene, from which many of the others have vanished. Vaughn is V throughout. The debts a writer owes in a book of this kind are enormous and long-standing, and if I fail to thank everyone I should, it is from neither forgetfulness nor ingratitude. I am deeply beholden to my old friend Elema von Koblusiki, to the Moran family then and now. To Alexander Muruzzi and Konstantin Suzzo, I would also like to thank Stephen Runciman for encouraging words after the first volume, Dmitri Oblensky for wise advice during this one, and David Sylvester, Bruce Chatwin, and Nico Vasilakis, Eva Bakassi von Gescher, and, as ever, John Craxton. Also, many retrospective thanks to Balasha Kantikuzain for help in translating Mioritsa in Moldavia long ago. My debt to Rudolf Fischer is beyond reckoning. His omniscient range of knowledge and enthusiasm, tempered with astringency, have been a constant delight and stimulus during all the writing of this book. His vigilance has saved it from many errors, and I feel that the remaining ones may be precisely those when his advice was not followed. Many thanks to Stella Gordon for her patient Champollion-Ventry flair for deciphering an illegible hand. Lastly, devoted thanks for kindness and haven during restless literary displacements to Barbara and Nico Gicher, to whom the book is dedicated, for many weeks among the lodgers and swallows of Corfu, 
to Yanetta and Yame Palede for high-perched Andalusian asylum at Tramores, to the proprietors of the Stag Parlor near Bakewell for fevered sessions of revision and for the all but irresistible suggestion of Shanks Europe as an overall title for these books, to Jock and Diana Murray for editorial patience and shelter during the last phase, and lastly, dear Zan, to you and Margouche for diligent spells of cloistered seclusion in the Serenia de Ronda. Patrick. Cardamali. 11th of February, 1986 Chapter 1 Bridge Passage Perhaps I had made too long a halt on the bridge. The shadows were assembling over the Slovak and Hungarian shores, and the Danube, running fast and pale between them, washed the key.